0: Today's program made possible by patrons like you. Welcome to where we celebrate music from the movies. From the golden age to present day, we've got it all covered. We talk to those in the entertainment industry and find out about their favorite scores. You found the podcast, What's the Score? I'm your host, Frank R. Wilson. So sit back, relax, grab a popcorn, and let's see what we'll be hearing today. Recognize that music? It's a favorite of our guest today. Now, We're going to do something a little different today at the request of our guest. We're going to focus on the films of one particular actor, that being Burt Reynolds. And in most cases, there are songs that are featured in these films that he wanted to highlight, although we do have a couple of instrumentals mixed in as well. Our guest had a 30-year career in sales. When he took a right turn in his career, he ditched sales and became an actor. And has experienced success uh, in this journey. Uh, he's been in commercials, feature films, TV, independent films, and he's also a terrific singer and songwriter. I think you'll find his career and music choices interesting, and enjoy his quintessential Southern gentleman accent. Please join me in welcoming Creek Wilson to the program. Hi, Creek. Hey, Frank. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing fine. Uh, full disclosure. Well, I, I wouldn't say that Creek and I are close friends, but we're certainly friends. We don't live close to each other, so it's kind of hard to be close friends, but I have great admiration for him, and uh, he and I have had a a great back and forth over the past few years, so I'm really delighted to have him on the program today. Um, Creek, typically the way I like to start these programs is I want people to get a chance to know you as an individual, so I, I was curious if you could tell us about yourself in particular before the acting journey started. Kind of just give us a little a little bit of background about you as an individual leading up to right before you made the decision to to turn into acting.
1: Well, I spent around 30 years in the sales business, uh, 15 years before that. I, plus I owned a lot of several of my own businesses and uh, but I spent the last 15 years before I got into acting in the uh, commercial sales of the tire business Oh, okay. And so I kind of think sales helped me be a professional liar because in sales, it's not lying, it's selling. And in acting, <laughs> it's not lying, it's acting.
0: <laughs> um, now, having been in sales myself and also having conducted sales training classes, I don't know if I'd call it lying, but I mean, I understand where you're coming from. You do have to project a certain image and and be able to talk, kind of talk your way through things. So I, mean, I, I, I get it though. I understand what you're saying. Now, you, you had that career in sales. You obviously also started to raise a family. I take it. And uh, uh, yeah, wh- where'd you grow up? And uh, you know, and what was that all like?
1: Well, I grew up in a town in North Alabama called Jasper, Alabama, uh, which is famous for Tallulah Bankhead, uh, Polly Holiday, who was Flo. On Alice, who came up huh. with "Kiss My Grits," right? Most famous, besides myself, just <laughs> just kidding, is George Lindsay, who was well known as Goober on the Andy Griffith Show.
0: Son of a gun, son of a gun. Wow, it's a. It sounds like it's a hot bed of talent.
1: It is, and just one quick one quick thing, antidote on George Lindsay in. February the 13th of 1946, him and my dad got in a fight over my mother to take her on Valentine's Day on their first date. My dad won, and obviously (sighs) got married in 1946. But thank God, I love George Lindsay was a good family friend of ours. And I know his son, George Lindsay Jr. And, uh, but George, thank goodness, because Instead of calling me Creek, I'd been named Little Goob.
0: <laughs> you know, I you're bringing back, uh, memories are flooding back. If I recall correctly, George had a, a a charity golf tournament that he hosted in Montgomery, Alabama, that I went to for a couple of years because I lived there at the time. Does that ring a bell with you?
1: It does. He uh was for the uh, handicapped children. Yeah. And it was, he raised several million dollars over the years and had many 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 celebrities from all over the the world um, Oh yeah in the
0: tournament. Oh yeah, I I very I mean I was amazed at some of the people he was able to get there I'll, perhaps maybe later on I'll share a couple of those memories as well. Um I I got to ask you this too before we start getting into some of the music choices which I want to do but I mean, you gotta admit, your first name is kind of interesting, Creek. I mean, who names their kid Creek? And I know, I know, there's a story behind that, and I was curious if you could uh, share that with our guests.
1: Well, my real name, and I'm not going to tell you my real name, <laughs> <laughs> my birth name. Uh, but anyways, Creek was my. I used to ride, and I still do ride motorcycles, but I rode motorcycles with a club. In Mississippi, when I was living there, I'm actually back in Jasper, Alabama, because of my, because of my mother. Right. And, uh, but, uh, the, the, at the time, I don't know, 25 years ago, the president of uh, the Banditos of the Mississippi, state of Mississippi, gave me the name Creek as a writing name because of the my
0: heritage. Huh. Your heritage meaning? I'm Creek Indian. Oh, okay. Okay. I remember you telling me that story. Yeah. So that's that's where the name came from and it stuck, huh?
1: Yes. And actually, actually, my real name is Scott Wilson. And there was already a Scott Wilson who passed away a few years ago. A very great character actor. Uh, his last role that I know of, he was Herschel on The Walking Dead. Which was supposed to be in a one episode deal, which turned out to be like two or three years on the show. Huh. Uh, you know as well as I do, and SAG, you cannot have the same name. So I stuck with Creek, and I feel no, I think, I, figured yeah, I, think I wasn't a good actor. At least <laughs> I know that they'd remember my name.
0: I know what you're saying. I mean, was, I remember when I first registered on IMDb. It was I was Frank Wilson the 14th. Listed there, you know, and it, so I added my middle initial and that, uh, that, that helped fix that problem. So yeah, right. I, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Creek. It's interesting because we, um, for the most part, we, we always feature instrumental music from films on our show. And one of the things that intrigued me about having you on was one, I thought it was kind of neat to highlight the career of one individual in the music that supported his films, that being Burt Reynolds, but also the fact that for the, in many cases, uh, you chose songs. And so I, I think our listeners are going to enjoy that today. But the, the first one I wanted to play isn't a song. It's an instrumental, and it's one of my favorites as well. In fact, I, I should have researched it before we started talking because I don't know who wrote it. But the, uh, the music I'm talking about is from a, a very, uh, one of the most acclaimed films that Burt Reynolds ever did in 1972 called uh, Deliverance. And the, uh, the piece of music is called Dueling Banjos. I was kind of curious if you would tell us a little bit about the uh, you know what it is that uh, made you want to choose that amongst one of your favorites to feature today.
1: Well, deliverance was really Burt Reynolds coming out movie that made him a star and yeah. he had a great supporting cast, uh, John Voigt, Ned Beatty, uh, so Ronnie Cox, Ronnie Cox. So, you know, there was that one scene, Ronnie Cox was playing his guitar and there was the kid up on the porch up in the backwoods of Tennessee and when they were getting ready to go uh, canoeing and start their trip. but uh, And he started playing the guitar and it ended up where it was uh, the dueling banjos or, you know, you had the banjo and the guitar. Yeah. And every guitar picker and every banjo player out there plays that song. That's one of the first songs that they learn. And that song has always intrigued me because it has a lot of energy to it.
0: It does. And being a guitar player yourself, can you play it?
1: Well, yes I can.
0: <laughs> I'll have to hear that one day. We'll have to find a banjo player to hook you up with. <laughs> well, let's um let's have a listen for ourselves then. This is again from the uh, the Burt Reynolds film called Deliverance. And the, uh, the cue is called Dueling Banjos. And let's have a listen and uh, just kind of tap your toes uh, along the, the beat. I think you'll really enjoy it. made a, a really interesting transition, obviously, as we've alluded to a little bit. I mean, I, uh, I'm i kind of curious, what um, what was it that led you to take that kind of a right turn in your career and uh, all of a sudden say, yeah, yeah, I'm dropping out of this, I'm going to start taking up this thing called acting?
1: Well, I had a daughter, my daughter, Cameron, and which she's 25 now, but... I've raised her by myself since she was a year old, and she saw me growing up in local theater, and I was in several different productions over the years, and so it was just a hobby at the time, but in 10 years ago, on October the 15th, which is tax day by the way, (laughs) I quit my job in sales, and I decided that me and my daughter was going to spend the summer when she got out of school traveling, which we did. But when school started back, she was 15 at the time. And when school started back and she was fixing to turn 16, I bought her a new car. Uh, she, I knew she wasn't going to be around me that much anymore.
0: Not at that age. They're ready to fly. Yep.
1: Yes. And she finally told me, she goes, daddy, I and take it. We are this kind of relationship she goes daddy i'm tired of you walking around with your nose up my butt all the time you need to do something Good <laughs> job. i said well who's going to hire a 50 year old man everybody wants the young kids now she goes well i don't know but why don't you be an actor i've watched you uh growing up in local productions why don't you try it well We, she got, she actually got me hooked up. She was going to be in a little production in New Orleans and decided to stay in school instead of being an actress at the time. She had her mind set on being in the medical field. And she just said, do it. And I did it. And I ended up just doing background and extra work on a couple of movies. First one being uh, Left Behind with Nicolas Cage.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: Filmed in Baton Rouge. Yeah, just to see what it was like on set. And after that, I started taking classes with Jim Gleason, uh, Gary Grubbs, uh, Jeremy London, different people and networking and trying to I had a higher goal than being a background or extra actor. And one thing led to another, just networking, being in the right place at the right time, getting an agent and who helped propel my career, and I have been blessed in the last ten years. Well,
0: you know, but and 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 people maybe they you know they don't know you, but they'll see your picture on our on our website, and they hear your voice and those sorts of things. You do have something to offer that's not necessarily readily available out there in the acting community. You're, you know, your look, your demeanor, your your voice, your accent. Uh, well, maybe you're not going to play a a corporate CEO or something like that. There's, there's lots of roles out there that require people that kind of have your look and your feel and your talent. So actually I'm not surprised. And, and, but yet, and and you know me, I'm kind of in the same boat. I, you know, I I forgot what age I was. I guess I was maybe like 55 and I was like, what the heck am I going to do now? If I'm, if I don't, don't do the regular corporate stuff. And I did find out actually there's, there's a place for people our age, or our look or those sorts of things uh, in film that maybe isn't out there in the, in corporate America. So, you know, I, I, you know, I hear you, I feel you.
1: Well, let me just say one thing. You have the look to be the corporate CEO, a doctor, a lawyer, you know, I, I had the look at one time at the very beginning and I decided to let my hair grow long, get a scraggly beard and look rough and that is kind of where my career turned by getting the look, you know, yeah. a look from you and from other people, which, like you said, there is a place out there for my look.
0: Yeah. You have to distinguish yourself somehow, and, and you certainly accomplished that. It, um, look, what was the most difficult part of that transition to, uh, you know, give up that former life and, We're going to get into, I know you're doing other things other than acting. I I don't want to get into that now, but um, what was the most difficult part of that transition to say, you know what, I'm going to give this a shot? Because that's, you know, that's a pretty bold move that a lot of people wouldn't make. The
1: money and the time. And I learned as well as you as well know that you have to invest in yourself. And I dare say I was living in Hattiesburg. I was driving to Uh, Mobile, Alabama, Gulfport, Mississippi, New Orleans, uh, different places, which is all within an hour and a half to two hours away, twice a week, and learning the ropes and learning how to act in front of a camera, per se. And the hard part was the money, because I guarantee you within the first three years I spent probably close to $15,000, but I looked at it as investing in myself. Right. And that was, and I'm including my gas money, my travels. Sure. Headshots, my, my, you know, the, what it costs to do the, go to the lessons to the classes. And, but all in all about $15,000 is what, I was betting on myself, so that was the hard part. Do I want to let go of the money? Because you hear a lot of people go, "Well, I don't have the money to get headshots. I don't have the money for classes." Yes, you do if you make it a priority. And yes, I made it a priority.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense.
1: Or that—that's he- the way I look at
0: it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was interesting when you and I uh, started talking about this a couple of weeks ago, I brought up the name of a movie that I hadn't even thought of for years. In fact, I actually, I don't really remember that much about it, other than the fact that when I saw it in the cinema, I was sitting in the front row when I watched it. Um, the movie I'm talking about is W.W. and the Dixie Dance Kings, and this was another one with Burt Reynolds. Um, you, you You've chosen something from that film called A Friend, so I'd be curious for you to kind of let us know a little bit about why you wanted to choose that amongst your favorites.
1: Well, this comes back to Jasper, a very good friend of our family, Bobby Barton. He was the president of first national bank at the time. He's passed away in the last 10 or 15 years, but Bobby had an old armored car and he leased out to the movie, WW and the Dixie dance Kings. And to this day, That armored car, green armored car, probably a 1940 model, is sitting under the First National Bank, which is the Novus Bank now, but uh, is sitting in downtown Jasper. So that was my connection to W.W. and the Dixie Dance Kings. And I liked that movie. I think I was on the front row... At the theater at the time when it came out, also.
0: Now, now is this the time? I, um, maybe it's appropriate time to bring it up. You told me a story that I wanted you to share with our listeners. Was it around this time that a uh, kind of a a dinner took place? If you know what I'm saying.
1: Well, that was during the movie, the filming of Hooper.
0: Oh, okay. Well, look. Well, um, well, we'll, go, yeah. Go ahead. Tell us about that.
1: Well, Hooper was filmed in right outside of uh, Jasper and where they jumped the, uh, the red Trans Am over the bridge. And it was a bridge that had collapsed. And then they filmed all the stuck work where they were driving and the towers falling down. That was during the time, actually a one take deal when they were going to demolish the old part of the University of Alabama, and my cousin was the doctor on the set, and I skipped school for about two weeks <laughs> during the filming, which I I didn't I didn't think my mama ever knew that. She told me a few years back she knew that I skipped. <laughs> I was in Tuscaloosa, and I was at the jump, and. I didn't really do good in school that year because I missed those, those weeks. But anyways, (laughs) I've made it. But anyways, uh, during that time, I come home from work one night and I worked at a grocery store and there was a few cars and there was my cousin's car. Anyways, they brought, uh, he brought Burt Reynolds, Jan, Michael Vincent, James, best Sally field and Robert Klein to our house, and my mama cooked them in a good old fashioned meal.
0: <laughs> you recall what it was? What the meal was?
1: Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was pot roast, mashed potatoes, pinto beans, with some slices of tomatoes. Knowing my
0: mama, that it was a classic Southern meal. In other words, yes. <laughs> I love that. I mean, and, and it's kind of interesting too, that years before you decided to really get into acting and film and TV years before that, you actually, you had some connections to it or had some exposure to it, I guess, for lack of a better way of saying it, that's, it's just kind of, it's just fascinating how things turn out. And
1: thanks to Hooper, my first ambition was to be a stunt man. I was going to go to California and be a stunt man. But then again, I wanted to be a country music singer and songwriter. That was my first dream. So I stuck with it until I was about 24, but I should have gone to Hollywood and become a stuntman, but I never did make it there.
0: Yeah, that's, that's tough work. That's tough work. Well, you know, we were going to play the thing from WW, but since we got into that story, it might be more appropriate to to, to look at the uh, the music you chose from, uh, from Hooper. Uh, you've got a song that you wanted to highlight that I love too, that I think plays over the end credits, but I'm also going to take podcasters liberty and play the music that was played over the opening credits. I'll talk about that in a minute, but tell me a little bit about why you wanted to choose this song uh, from Hooper that's uh, uh, called nothing like the life of a Hollywood stuntman.
1: Well, like I just said, I wanted to be a stuntman and that movie kind of summed up Sonny Hooper and to be a to be a stuntman, so that that is the movie that you know it's about about Sonny and the life of a stuntman. Yeah, and it
0: and it it's sh- it's a it's a tribute, isn't it, to, to yeah. stuntmen? It It's a tribute to stuntman, and in fact, the the music that I also want to play after we play the song you wanted uh, is the music that accompanies the the opening credits. And it's kind of interesting. First of all, I, I always, always loved this music. It's basically uh, something that's referred to as the bullfighters song, but it shows Hooper getting dressed up to perform a stunt and it shows you all the padding and bandages and everything else he has to put on before he does it. Because as a stunt man, he's been, you know, he's been roughed up quite a bit. And I think it just right from the very beginning, you kind of see what, what these guys have to go through in order to to do their job. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna play that after we play the song. So let's have a listen to this. This is again from the film called Hooper, uh, starring Burt Reynolds. Uh, the first uh, cue we're gonna play is the song that played over the end titles, called "Nothing Like the Life of a Hollywood Stuntman." And then after that, I'm gonna play the music that's uh, basically called the Bullfighter song that plays over the opening credits as well. So let's sit back and have a listen.
2: He always is the bad guy who gets it in the end He's out there stopping horses or falling off a train He never won a gunfight, squabble or a brawl For being such a loser, Hooper's really got it all Mm, You can toss him, blast him, flip him and turn him Shoot him, hang him, bury him, burn him Chances are Hooper's back for more Run him out, cross the ground Take a truck, run him down he ain't easy, he's up and gone You can hit him, kick him, generally abuse him Set him on fire, we'll abuse him Heaven knows, he won't hold a grudge He'll look you in the eye And tell you with a smile There ain't nothing like the life of a Hollywood stuntman used to tell him he ought to settle down, find a steady woman, land a in town. But somehow that attraction never seemed too great, you always see him leaving just before it gets too late. Going down the highway, barely on the ground, never under 80, judging from the sound, later in the evening, staring at the town always seems to end up with the prettiest girl around mm, You can toss him, blast him, flip him and turn him Shoot him, hang him, bury him, burn him Chances are the hoover's back for more Run him out, across the ground Take a truck, run him down He gained easy, he's up and gone You can hit him, kick him, generally abuse him Set him on fire, we'll amuse him Heaven knows he won't hold a grudge he looked you in the eye and told you with a smile, there ain't nothing like the life of the Hollywood Stockman. He looked you in the eye and told you with a smile, there ain't nothing like the life, nothing like the life. There ain't nothing like the life of the Hollywood
3: Stockman, 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 man.
0: How, um how important is music to you in terms of how much you enjoy a film and is it is it only about songs or do you also enjoy some of the you know the instru- instrumental music you hear around a film
1: i enjoy the uh instrumental as well as the songs but uh the music in the background the soundtrack the score it plays a very important part of a movie, it can lead up to a suspense scene, you know, and, yeah. or it can take away, you know, die it down a little bit. There is, it's a very big aspect to a movie is having a score behind it.
0: Have you ever seen, uh, have you ever seen, you know, clips or parts of movies that, uh, that, the music has been taken out. You you know what I'm saying? Yes, I. Have. What's that experience like?
1: Well, I reckon once you start becoming an actor, you look at movies and TV shows a lot different than the normal audience. So, oh yeah, when you when you start looking at a scene and it doesn't have any music behind it to me it sounds plain i don't yeah. know there's just something missing
0: it falls flat doesn't it it does yeah i know i i know exactly what you're saying and it's uh, uh, a and, and to your comment it's interesting that when i first started breaking into it and I was—I'd be watching something on television, whether it be a, a film or a TV show, and I'd think, "Wow, that must have taken a long time to set up." Or, "Wow, look at that!" I mean, you—you you do you you, you it, In some ways, it almost takes the joy out of watching these things because because you're you're thinking more about the technical aspect of what they went through in order to do it.
1: Well, I know you love all the James Bond movies. Oh, no,
0: love- really?
1: Yeah, <laughs> Frank R. Wilson. Could be James Bond.
0: <laughs> That's only a rumor. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, you know, it's like, besides all the, you know, the James Bond scores, uh, you know, they, if you listen to those movies, the, mo- the, the, the score builds up to the intensity of that particular scene when something is going to happen to James Bond or James Bond is going to do something Exciting, yeah, and it's just like Jaws. Everybody knows the score <laughs> of Jaws,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's you're just right.
1: a simple little score, but it's one of the most widely known scores to this day.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, since we skipped over it, we should come back to it. Let, let's go again back to WW and the Dixie Dance Kings now. The, uh, the, the song you chose was called A Friend. Tell us a little bit about why you chose that to be, uh, you know, once uh, amongst the uh, cues you wanted to share today.
1: <laughs> well, in the movie W.W. and the Dixie Dance Kings, Burt Reynolds is a manager. But right. you've got up performing on a stage, you have Jerry Reed. And you have the late great, well, Jerry Reed's a late great Jerry Reed, but you also have Don Williams before he actually became Don Williams. So, and, you know, you had a whole group of a band playing. So it's a beautiful song. I just love it. And it just kind of, at the very end, I think uh, they say, uh well, you think that's the end of it, but you know, WW is always out there. So, <laughs> and then you hear Bert with his famous laugh.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, and he did have quite a laugh, there's no question about that. Let's uh let's have a listen for ourselves. This again is from the film WW and the Dixie Dance Kings starring Burt Reynolds. The song is called A Friend. Enjoy. <laughs>
4: Now, this whole life ain't something that you live on by yourself. There always comes a time you need a friend.
2: Sometimes the world can get so heavy and the road can get so long that you need someone to lend a helping
4: hand. I've learned life the hard way, took all my knocks and lumps, but when I look back down the road at where I've been, I see that (laughs) all. So life had been more fun, cause I shared them with someone who was a friend. You've got to care about one another, be a friend and be a brother.
0: get back to our program in a minute. This program is done for the love of film and film music, plain and simple. However, it does take a huge investment in time and in fees for me to make the program work for you. I don't sell commercial time and don't really want to on this program. Rather, I'm kind of like a a public broadcasting station. I need support from listeners like you. For as little as $3 a month, you can help me uh, uh, offset the time spent in putting the program together or maybe you just think of it as leaving a tip in the tip jar either way if you can join up there will be bonuses like an additional 10 to 15 minute segment with our guest every week where we'll play additional cues as well as ask us some extra questions and it's going to be only available to patrons how do you sign up well it's simple you go to patreon.com slash what's the score and that's all one word that's Patreon, that's P A T R E O N dot com slash what's the score? Check it out. We'd be grateful for your support. That's patreon.com. I've not mentioned it before, but I should point out that bumper music you just heard was written by listener and friend, Terry Wallstrom. Thanks, Terry. Something that, uh, uh, probably people that follow, you know this, but for those of our listeners that maybe don't know a lot about you, because I find this really interesting. Uh, when you, when you choose something like acting to be a, a profession or a career or whatever, I mean, let's face it. There's a lot of downtime. Uh, Unless you're extremely prolific and there, there are some people out there, but by and large, there's you know breaks in between roles and those sorts of things. and that's something you experience. But I find it fascinating that you, instead of just signing on as kind of sitting back, you've decided to fill your time with something else. Uh, and for lack of a better way of describing it, I will call it handyman services. And what what fascinates me is that, okay, you had a career in sales, now you're breaking into acting. Where the heck did you pick up this talent for being able – and I've seen some of your projects. Where did you pick up this talent to be able to do all this you know, work around construction and plumbing and all this other kind of stuff? Where did that come from? My daddy. Okay.
1: Uh, From the time I could stand up, I was helping my dad do all kinds of things, mechanic work under a car. Of course, until I was about 16 or 17, I thought my name was Dammit. Instead, right? Because he's always saying, "Damn it, hand me the screwdriver." <laughs> You'd be building something. Damn it, hand me that nail or hammer. <laughs> so I'm just kidding, okay? But I thought it was funny.
0: No, I know it is funny.
1: <laughs> but anyways, my dad brought me up learning how to do a little bit of everything, and I consider myself a jack of all trades but a master of none. And since I'm an actor, I can sure act like I can do what I think I can do.
0: But I, I admire you for having that skill and especially having something like that to fall back on. Cause let's face it sometimes in acting, you, you know, you through no fault of your own, you can have a, a dry spell for a while. And if nothing else, not only just from a financial standpoint of being able to have something you get paid for, but, just to maintain your sanity to have something to do would be, you know, I think that's important.
1: Well, I've had several businesses, me and my dad built the businesses, built the buildings ourselves uh, back before he passed away. And I also had a construction company back in the nineties in Hattiesburg. So I've just all kind of kept that. And I call my business Creeks do it all service. And in parentheses a one-man show I do yeah. it all by myself
0: and which is also impressive by the way because I've seen some of your projects and I'm thinking how the hell did he do that by himself so yeah it's a it's really quite something it's, it's something something to be proud of I think um, what um I don't know, let's see I'm gonna kind of do a weird transition here in terms of questioning what um what because you made such a bold move in changing careers, forgive the term midlife, you know what I'm saying, um, what, what advice would you have for others that maybe find themselves at at a certain point in their career and they, and, and they say, well, you know what? I've always kind of wanted to do this. Which, you know, what advice would you have for them as to whether or not to pursue that or, or temper it or whatever? Does, does that the question make sense?
1: I say just do it. But do it in the right way. Follow the process. Uh, Invest in yourself and look at, go into it with an open mind, but, you know, try to have something else to fall back on, which I do, luckily. And I do it a lot for, not for financial purposes, but really to keep me from being bored and you know, sitting on my tail all the time.
0: Oh yeah. Sure. No, that, but it can be dangerous.
1: Yeah, it can be. But, uh, I say, just do it. You know, there you're never too young and you're never too old.
0: That's good advice. And I'm glad to hear that. It's, um, and there are all kinds of, you know, and by the way, I'm not talking about just transitioning in the actings for, for people, you know, it could be anything. It could be transitioning to construction or, or to sales or, you know, or any kind of a career change or anything like that that they just decide they want to do something different. It doesn't have to be acting. So I think that's uh, I think that's good advice. The um, another movie you had wanted to highlight in terms of its music. And I was delighted to see that you chose this and, and delighted you chose two different cues from it, which happened to be two of my favorites. The uh, the Burt Reynolds film we're talking about is called Gator. Um, and and I'm, I'm suspecting a lot of my listeners maybe are a little bit too young to know the movie, but they should check it out. It's really Absolutely. good. And uh, and, and the, the title song is fabulous. And, and it just highlights the skills of its performer and writer, Jerry Reed, who I just adore. I just think he was an amazing songwriter. Uh, we're going to play that and I'll talk about the other thing here in a minute. So tell me a little bit about why you wanted to choose this amongst your favorites, the, uh, the title song that's written by and performed by Jerry Reed, The Ballad of Gator McCluskey.
1: Well, as everybody knows, Jerry Reed was one of the greatest guitar mm-hmm. pickers out there, plus a songwriter. But Jerry Reed could tell a story in a song like no one else. Yeah. And if you listen to it, he's got that old oaky, you know bayou you sound to that song. So it's just to me it's an exciting song to hear anytime. And and I love Jerry Reed just like on Smoky and the Bandit. I know we'll hopefully we'll get into that. Uh, right? But eastbound and down when you hear Jerry Reed song, you know, it's Jerry Reed.
0: Yeah. I just think he was a brilliant songwriter. I mean, he's a great performer. I'm not discounting that for, for a moment, but man, I just, I just thought he had a really, he had a great way with lyrics and, and, uh, uh and, and blending them with music. And so I just, I always loved listening to a lot of his different stuff. So I'm, I'm really delighted to be able to highlight some of those today. Um, the other one that we were going to play from this, we'll we'll play them back to back. And and I again, I was delighted to see you chose this, and and, and because I was going to play it anyway. Uh, the cue is called Swamp Chase. It's a it's a uh, an instrumental by Charles Bernstein, and uh, it's a little different. And but but I lo- I just love it, and it doesn't sound like a a Burt Reynolds, you know, in the swamp kind of a. Uh, piece of music or whatever. It's kind of funky and jazzy and all that sort of stuff. I'm curious. Why did you want to choose that also to to play today?
1: Well, it had energy also. And, you know, it was, if I'm not mistaken, it was being played up to when all the police was, I don't know, tens and tens of them, police cars is getting ready to chase Burt or McCluskey, Gator McCluskey. And then it had it where they were, you know, flying through the swamp and everything. So it just, it's one of those that adds to the intensity of the scene.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, and and yet in an unusual way, because, you know, you're talking about the swamp and Florida and that sort of thing. It doesn't sound like music that would be used for that, but, but it works. I think it works really well. It does. Well, let's uh, let's have a listen for ourselves. Uh, First, we're going to play the uh, the title song written and performed by Jerry Reed. It's called "The Ballad of Gator McCluskey," and then we'll hear an instrumental that also comes from the film called "Swamp Chase," written by composer Charles Bernstein. Let's have a listen.
4: Raised in the swamp, in back of a slough. He grew up eating rattlesnake meat, drinking homemade brew. The folks here about call him Gator, and everybody knows him well. Meanest man ever hit the swamp. Folks' swag comes straight out of hell. <laughs> well, Gator McCluskey, sitting on a stump. I pull back on a 12-gauge pump Watching that swamp Looking out for the law While they make the best corn liquor you ever saw good whiskey <laughs> While he's making that mash He watches and he looks a gator, he knows that swamp Like a book, something out there Moving gator, what do you see? Ain't nothing but the snakes and the gators and me. No-ke-pan-oke. That chef ain't snooping around, so cook that moonshine down till it's good and clear. Everything dokey dokey in no get. That chef, he'd to mess around with the devil and to get himself long messing around in here. One day he was cooking some mash. He was almost done when they spotted the law and they had to run. So he headed for the swamp and they followed him in. But the law might have well been chasing the wind. <laughs> Look out for that snake! Well, they chased him on back through the muck and the slime To the back of that swamp where the sun don't shine But the law will never catch the gate of my pen Cause he knows that swamp like the back of his hand oh, Watch out, boys, old smoke is in the I know. The chef's out there snooping around So shut that business down And let's disappear up here Look out, boys, those smoke in the Okee Panokee But that shell, he's really gonna catch the devil if he keeps on stealing around in here. Gators in the swamp sheriff, Go get him if you can.
0: Pretty obvious from your selections that you have a real uh, preference for the use of music in a lot of movies, um, and and yet I kind of get the sense, not from you necessarily, but i just in kind of thinking about this that the music you're choosing and the kind of movies you're talking about, we're not seeing a lot of those today. What's what's missing? Is there a, are people missing an opportunity to? For some great movies and some great film music that maybe hark back to the the days of the movies that you're talking about.
1: Yes, because they do not have country music in them.
0: But that's and yet country music is 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 wildly popular. It really is.
1: It is, but you know, I've you just don't hear the good old songs on soundtracks anymore, or the instrumental music. Now, yeah. I haven't, I've, I've watched what the, the new Tom Cruise uh, movie, What what's it called? Uh, uh, uh,
0: Top Gun Maverick? Top Gun,
1: Top Gun Maverick. You know, it has, all of its score is, you know, high intensity. So, you know, but I me personally, I just like the good old country music in the background yeah. score, but you don't see those me, movies anymore also.
0: Yeah, I mean I don't know, maybe it, maybe it's cuz we're a couple of old farts. I don't know, but I I I do miss. I miss some of the, you know, some of the films that used to be out in the 70s and the 80s that that uh, I thought were entertaining and that people would like and it's a shame they don't make them like like that anymore. And I don't know if I'm just being being an old fart or uh, or or maybe maybe I got a point, you know? I mean, I well, I'm, I would think people know. would still like that, you know, that that form of entertainment. I don't know why it's not there.
1: That's true, and I'm proud to be an old fart. <laughs> you know, I'm making my money being an old fart.
0: <laughs> yeah. I love it. I so, love it. So, you're
1: anyways, right, well, you know, I know what you're, I know what you're saying, Frank, and but they just don't make things anything like they used to. If you want, in my opinion.
0: Well, you know, and, and I guess to be fair, and it's been true for decades, they don't, they truly, you know, they, whoever they are, they don't make movies for 60 plus people, 60 years old plus people. They make them for the kids and, and maybe, maybe that's what we're not recognizing. I don't know, but I, but I think the kids are kind of missing out um, with stuff that could be incredibly entertaining and you know, having, the, you know, the kind of themes that we used to see in some of these movies that we're highlighting today. I'll agree with you. Okay. Well, speaking of which, my gosh, I, this th- this next movie we're going to talk about is just, it's just classic. It's just, I, 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 it, maybe it might seem dated to some, but to me, it's it's got to be funny no matter what your age or, or, you know, when you start watching movies or anything. It just had a lot of classic moments in it, not only in terms of scenes and dialogues and those sorts of things, but quite frankly, also because of the music. And the film I'm talking about is Smoking the Bandit. Uh-huh. It was made in 1977. And it's kind of interesting. If, if memory serves me right, it's the first directorial effort of uh, stuntman Hal Needham. It is. Who, uh, who, who put this together. And it's, it's just... In fact, I, I don't think my daughter has seen it yet. I still want her to see it because I think she actually... My daughter, bless her heart, she's 24 years old, but I tell you what, she doesn't mind watching those older movies, and she appreciates them, and which which gives me hope that I wish that more younger people would at least check some of this stuff out, because they might find, you know, yeah, okay, it's an older movie, but it, it it's pretty good actually. Um, this was a fabulous film, and it had some great music in it, again, courtesy of uh, someone we've already mentioned, who's just an, an, a fabulous artist, Jerry Reed. Uh, the, the song you wanted, to, uh, one song you wanted to highlight is uh, something that was written by him called Eastbound and Down. Uh, I don't know why you didn't chose Westbound and Down, but I'm sure there's a reason. <laughs> um, t- tell us a little bit about why you wanted to include that amongst your favorites.
1: Well, that goes way back. I reckon the yep. first year uh, Smokey and the Bandit came out, I think I saw it 86 times. <laughs> end, to end And I could recite every line of that movie. Uh, the
0: Germans got nothing to
1: do with it. <laughs> so that movie and that song it was just, Lord, thats to, I reckon today that's my favorite song in the whole wide world is Eastbound. Really- because I'll be in my car traveling from destination to destination, and I'll put that song on, and it makes me want to drive just a little bit faster.
0: <laughs> yeah i understand i mean it's it's a it's, it's a it's very catchy and it, and again in, in the brilliance of jerry reed it it tells a story that it, it tells you about what's going on and what's important and those sorts of things and that's a that's brilliant now you also wanted to I to, uh, i don't know the story behind this so you're gonna have to educate me you also wanted to play from this film orange blossom special which I don't think is a Jerry Reed song, so tell me a little bit about about that song and why you wanted to include that as well.
1: Well, uh, Orange Blossom Special goes way, way back. It was just pumped up a little bit more for Smokey and the Bandit, and they included it, which I'm glad they did, but you've had every... uh, Lord, from Lester Flat, Earl Scruggs, and I know people, the younger people who's listening in don't know those names. Yeah. But they have, that song has been around for so long. And then it's got the harmonica on this one. And it's just, it's just got lots of energy to it. And that's always been one of my favorite songs also.
0: Well, if memory serves, wasn't this a, a Johnny Cash song?
1: Uh, believe it or not, I believe he probably did it, you know, did a remake of it, but it was way back before Johnny Cash ever came along.
0: Yeah, because I seem to remember seeing video of him doing the the harmonica thing. When you mentioned that, it was like I had this vision. I could remember that. Um, so what version, do you know who performs it on this, uh, on this cue we're going to play?
1: Truthfully, no. I wished I could. Okay, that's
0: fine. That's fine. That's all right. Well, we'll, we'll have our guests try to figure it out. Um, so we're gonna, we're gonna play two different cues from, uh, the film Smoking the Bandit, another Burt Reynolds film that, uh, was released in 1977. Uh, the first one is, uh, uh, written and performed by Jerry Reed called Eastbound and Down. And then the second one we'll follow up with is, uh, the Orange Blossom special. And that'll be a song we'll play after that. So just kind of sit back and, uh, Imagine yourself in a Trans Am driving down the road, and uh, enjoy.
4: He's pounded down, loaded up and trucking. Are we going to do what they say can't be done. We've got a long way to go, and a short time to get there. I'm found just what no bandit run. Keep your foot hard on the pedal Son, never mind breaks. brakes Let it all hang out cause we got a run to make The boys are thirsty in Atlanta And there's beer in Texarkana And we'll bring it back no matter what it takes Eastbound and down loaded up and truck Are we gonna do what they say can't be done? We've got a long way to go It's a short time to get there. I'm eastbound, just watch your bandit run. Are we gonna do what they say can't be done? We've got a long way to go And a short time to get there I'm found just watch a bandit run Old Smokey's got them ears on He's hot on your trail And he ain't gonna rest till you're in jail So you've got to dodge him, you've got to duck him you got to keep that diesel truckin' Just put that hammer down and give it hell Eastbound it down loaded it up and truck it. Are We gonna do what they say can't be done We've got a long way to go And a short time to get there I'm eastbound to watch old bandit run
0: So, I think, you know, I already think I know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Who would write the soundtrack to your life?
1: Well, he's dead now, but that would be Jerry Reed.
0: That's what I figured you'd say, yeah. That's what I figured. And then, you know, that's okay. It's, um, listen, I mean, uh, my listeners know what my answer to that would be, and he's long since passed as well, but, um, that's okay. I mean, it, and, and and I and I can understand why, uh, hey, folks. You need to understand too that uh, that Creeks actually a very good singer and a songwriter as well, and uh, uh, I would not be surprised at some point in his career that he ends up contributing something to a film. Would would that be something you'd like to do? Well,
1: truthfully, I've already done that.
0: You have. I didn't know that. Tell me about it.
1: There is a movie out that. One of our good friends, a great actor himself, but a great writer and a director, uh, from down in uh Covington, Louisiana, Michael D. Anglin.
0: Ah, uh, okay.
1: He did a movie uh and we actually shot it at my house, so my in Hattiesburg. And is, is it is
0: this the time when it snowed or whatever?
1: Yes. Yes it is. <laughs>
0: okay, yep. I remember yep.
1: And that is uh Movie that he did that I was in called Consequences I got to put in a couple of my songs thanks to Michael and one of them was Daddy's Girl which I wrote for my daughter Cameron when she was born and we I recorded it and it was nearly actually on Garth Brooks last album back in ninth, or 2002 I
0: believe wow wow so it was being considered, but it, it ultimately didn't didn't land on it.
1: Absolutely.
0: Wow. Well, who knows? It may it may still at some point land on someone's radar.
1: Well, I got for a while down on the local stations in Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama, uh, independent radio stations. They played it a good bit during Father's Day for the first two or three years that I re- after I recorded it.
0: Oh well. That's great. That's great, uh, Creek. Is, as we uh, as we kind of wrap up, I'm I, I, I'm sure I'm going to have some some listeners that are kind of interested in following what you're doing and your career and those sorts of things. First of all, I I know you've got some things in the pipeline. What what can we look forward to to seeing uh, Creek Wilson in, uh, in whether it be film or TV or what have you? What are some things in the pipeline coming up?
1: Well. You have – there's a new TV show with Anthony Mackie that will be on Peacock in the next month or two. It'll be – I think it's a 10 series for the first year, first season, called Twisted Metal. I play Mr. Slam in Episode 7. And then uh, I have another one that will be out on Showtime. It's a series – with Shailene Woodley and it's called three women. I'm in episode five playing Chuck. I have a very, very nice scene with her. And then, uh, I have did a comedy show called the Eric Andre show. And it's on uh, adult swim. Then I have a new movie that came out, uh, interfere the next wave. It just came out and you can find it on Amazon or fear Flicks. And then I have a big Disney movie, my biggest one or movie yet with my biggest role. And I can't say the name of it right now, but it will be out next August the 11th.
0: Wow. I have
1: a very, very big role in it. And I got to work with, uh, Tiffany Haddish, Owen Wilson, Danny DeVito, uh, several other big name stars. I I got to work in scenes with them.
0: Wow, wow, geez, ne- maybe I need to get you as my agent. I don't know. That's wow, that's terrific. It, it sounds like you had some great things in the pipeline. And you know what? To be honest, I'm not surprised. You've uh, you've earned it. And, uh, and you deserve it. So uh, that's great to hear. So uh, how do people find out more about you and how do they, uh, I'm assuming you do, you know, social media and all that kind of stuff. So how do they follow you and find out more about you?
1: Well, they can follow me on Facebook, uh, Creek Wilson and they, uh, on Instagram, I think it's Creek Wilson actor and then, uh, social media and just, you know, just, if they want to be interested, you know, just Google my name, but just go past the uh, picture that was on the post office wall when I was 18 years old. (laughs) Scroll on past that story.
0: One of the things I love, ladies and gentlemen, one of the things I love about Creek is his sense of humor and his humility and those sorts of things. So I want to highly encourage you to follow his career and See what he's up to on Facebook and Instagram and whatnot. Uh, you'll you'll be entertained as well as, I think you'll find that a lot of the projects he and he he, uh, he adds quite a bit to their, to their production. Creek, listen, I, I I can't thank you enough. I've thoroughly enjoyed this, and I think you've uh, you've really shared some really excellent music and some alternatives to the program that we've not been able to really feature before. So I I can't thank you enough. I I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I've enjoyed talking to you.
1: I have enjoyed it. Thoroughly, and thank you very much, Frank, and for being for asking me to be on your uh, podcast. What's the score? And also, thank you for being a good friend.
0: I appreciate that, pal. I I do. I I miss our chats. We used to show up sometimes at <laughs> at auditions, and and, and uh, those days have kind of been few and far between these days. But hopefully, we'll hook up again. So, again, my uh, oh, my sincere. And I'm sorry. Go ahead. I say one thing. Sure. We we have to plug this
1: real quick. The movie Bad Habit, which hopefully <laughs> will be out next year. We finally got to work together.
0: That's right. That's right. In fact, I, I just noticed that today and I kept wondering, when's that coming out? Do you, you have any information on that?
1: Uh hopefully sometime next year. Uh I talked
0: sometime about- next year.
1: Yes, I and, and
0: actually that's true. My uh, my uh, to my humble audience, you will see. Your humble podcaster and our guest, Creek Wilson, acting together, where he outshines me <laughs> with his acting prowess. So, <laughs> no, we had we had fun, and I was so glad to be able to do that. It was the first time we had a chance to work together. I, You're right. That's I, I appreciate you bringing that up. Thank you. I appreciate you bringing that. Up. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Looking forward to seeing it. Look uh, again. My my sincere thanks, Creek, for your your joining us today uh ladies and gentlemen i you know again i hope you've certainly enjoyed the program and enjoyed it as much as we've presented it to you uh, again try to keep in touch with the uh, creek i think you'll find his career and his path uh, well worth following uh, so i encourage you to, to do exactly that uh, we appreciate your support especially those of you that are our patrons that follow us on patreon.com again a nice sincere thanks for following us if uh, if you liked the program today I'd appreciate it if you'd click a like on whatever, wherever you're listening to it and perhaps even leave a comment as well. So, with that, I guess there's only one thing left to say, and that's simply this. My name is Frank R. Wilson. My time's up. I thank you for yours. Thanks for listening to What's the Score?